Before we get started, you should probably know that the following podcast contains strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Also, it will almost certainly contain spoilers. Hello and welcome to Minnesota 61 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that, well, that might not deserve it, quite frankly. I know what you're probably thinking. It's a Minnesota introduced by Andy, and that means Mitch is in the wall again. You've been lampooned! Hello! He's here! I'm Rich Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer. I am an occasional doer of musical things and I'm back in the building. You are, hooray, and it is so good to have you back. Oh, in case I didn't say it, did I say that my name was Andy Stewart? I believe you did, yeah. Well, it is, that's my name. Thanks uh, for clearing that up. How have you been? I've been okay, I've been okay. Coming at you on a Friday. Yeah, for date stamp purposes, circa 7pm on a Friday night. Bit of a new one, we don't generally go for this. No, we don't, no, no, but a uh, busy weekend ahead, I think, uh, certainly for myself. Same, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah, needs must. Absolutely, gotta do it, gotta do it. How have you been? I've been pretty good, I've got to say it is good to see your face in person and not through some shitty screen. Agreed, yeah, 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 yeah it's absolutely. Nice, it's nice to smell your funk. <laughs> <laughs> what a mighty funk it is. Yeah. You been watching anything this week? Nothing new, you okay. probably won't be surprised to hear. <laughs> not like you. Yeah, yeah, nothing new. But uh, I have uh, revisited a couple of things. I've got my grubby little mitts on the 4K remaster of uh, Lucio Filci's New York Ripper. Oh, hello. Which okay. uh, Blue Underground have just put out. Nice. And it's uh, sensational. Oh, okay, tell me more. It's a film I've always thought was a bit trashy, and it? it absolutely is. That's kind of to be expected, kind of par for the course, um, really, for uh, the kind of film it is and the kind of time it was made and the kind of director that made it. Mm-hmm. It's such an amazing remaster. It looks superb. And, okay. I mean, the film's never been more disgusting, <laughs> to be honest. And I don't know if, still don't know if this is a full uncut version. I don't know off the top of my head, but it's certainly the best the film's ever looked and sounded, which, if you don't like the duck quacking killer, you will hear it in crystal clarity. <laughs> uh, probably best avoided because it's never, like I say, it's never sounded better or more quacky. Oh, okay, um, cool, yeah, cool. It's great. It's out there. I had to import from the states though, but uh, yeah, superb. Snap it up if you like the films of Lucio Fulci and you want to update whatever version of New York Ripper you have. Outstanding. Cool. I know there's a there's a shameless one flying around in the UK, but it's got a few cuts in it. This is certainly longer than that. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, so grab it. Sweet. Grab it, get it imported. Good work. Nice, yeah. nice. Anything else? I've taken a bit of a deep dive into some old uh, German expressionist stuff. Okay. <laughs> uh, if so- you had given me 100 guesses. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just took delivery of a couple of lovely uh, prints for the, the new living room. Oh, lovely. Okay. Um, so I, I revisited uh, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Okay, nice, and nice, I revisited, nice. revisited uh, Metropolis. Again, the, I mean... I've got to say, the guys at Eureka are doing some absolutely amazing stuff with these with these films. These films are nearly 100 years old, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, they look amazing. Mm-hmm. They look, again, better than they've ever looked. Like, watching films like this on Blu-ray, on a, like, on a 4K telly, and 
where your Blu-ray player's upscaling them. Mm-hmm. It's just bonkers. They were never meant to be seen like that. <laughs> uh, no one ever knew they would be seen like that at yeah, the time. Yeah. Uh, the technology at the time didn't exist to project them in anywhere near that clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's totally bizarre to see such old films, such important cinema, looking and sounding as good as they do. Fantastic. Um, yeah, well, sounding musically, obviously, silent films. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, certainly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if anything suffered, it was a dialogue. <laughs> I couldn't quite make it. <laughs> it drowned out by all the damn music. <laughs> but uh, not, not a gigantic amount more. I finished watching Stranger Things. Oh, cool. I still have seen none of it. Oh, right. Okay. That's uh, good. Um, yeah, it's everyone. Good. everyone's going crazy for it. I um, have seen kind of kernels of spoilers. Kernels? Yeah. Um, you know, things that kind of alluded to so i kind of feel like i should just get on it and get this watched before um before i find out any more basically because i'm generally i've been pretty lucky with all the big cultural events this year in terms of avoiding um spoilers them all like game yeah. of thrones and avengers endgame and all that kind of stuff so i kind of feel like i was due for one well you were a 2 a.m game of thrones watcher weren't you? i was a 5 a.m game of thrones oh, watcher would have been like li- literally i suppose i wouldn't have seen any game of thrones uh spoilers <laughs> unless anyone had written them on my ceiling while i was asleep <laughs> or inside of your eyes <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but no um so i kind of feel like i need to um hasten get i need to just nudge it up the list and get it watched so um yeah. but yeah so you've reached the end of it what I are have, your overall impressions i will say no more than it's my favorite series great stuff that seems to be largely the consensus which is exciting yeah by the way in case we sound a little bit different as well we are relaxed today we are kicking back we are holding our microphones in our hands yeah it's a it's a slumped on a couch and you slumped in a chair handheld microphone situation yeah it's a yeah this is a laid-back casual affair no just uh join us join us take your trousers off people yeah you know you know <laughs> just you do you, yeah, you, do yeah. you make yourself at home yeah. uh does that conclude your is it's getting a bit asmr <laughs> why don't you relax put your hand down your pants <laughs> and just run all your balls yeah, that's it. I love the idea of an ASMR person play, saying rummel. Rummel. Just lightly rummel your balls. Sometimes I just, I think it's quite relaxing just to have my hand on my pubic mound, like just on my, in my pubes, in my thatch. Incredibly, incredibly therapeutic. I can't believe you just said thatch. Um, Sorry, what have you watched? Yeah, an unusual combination for me, um, because I've had a first watch. Sure, right, okay. And a revisit, right. but nothing new. Ooh, right. Well, I mean, the cinema's quite quiet. Um, yeah, I suppose it has been, or at least it has been this week. But um, from today, Friday, um, you have got Annabelle Comes Home, if that's your thing. <laughs> and uh, The Dead Don't Die, the, the new Jim Jarmusch. Well, that certainly seems like more my thing. Uh... Um, I'm going to try and see both, although I don't know why I keep doing this with Wanniverse films. <laughs> um, because I've, as frequent listeners to the show will know, every time I try one that isn't a Conjuring film, I come back complaining about it. See my uh, rants about both The Nun and The Curse of My Sharona. La Yarona. But yeah, so um, I uh, took my viewing back to the streaming platforms this week. Okay. Um, went back to 1986, watched April Fool's Day on Netflix. Ah, previous Mitch's Correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. And a first watch for me. And yeah, not a shockwave film or anything like that. Just thought, you know what? It's just another hole in my knowledge that I'm just going to plug right now. So I watched April Fool's mm-hmm. Day and I thought that it was fine. Fine. Yeah. Well, can't say better than that. Um, well, I mean, you know. Um, but I watched it. I thought it was okay. I quite liked the way it unfolded. I quite like it when kind of slashers can get a little bit charactery and a little bit twisty like like this one does. Yes. Really fun. Well, I did think, and I thought this at this um, just recently when I watched Just Before Dawn oh, yeah. as well for the Shopways 100, but I was like, um, 
so many times in slashers, I just fucking hate everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty common. And it's, yeah, it's like, it's, and it's, maybe it's just designed to give you a little bit of catharsis when they all inevitably die. And I remember just thinking, I was like, "You're a dick. You're a dick. Oh, you're the one that's not a dick." You're also a dick, but um, <laughs> but I did still enjoy it. I had fun with it, and um, I think it's fair to say as well. So my other my other main view in this week, I think it's fair to say that we are definitively on the road to fright fest now. I think um, so. Our, yeah. For a lot of our listeners, I know a lot of our listeners go and things like that, and I think it's the time of year. You know, you've got your past. The lineup's been announced. It's time to start looking forward to that, and I think a fun way of looking forward to it is looking back. Okay, and sure. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so, what did you watch? What year did you revisit? I revisited 2014, which was uh, the second year that I went. I watched the opening film from that year. I watched Adam Wingard and Simon Barrett's The Guest. Ah. Which I'm actually, I don't think, in weirdly, in a 60 minisodes, I don't think I've ever talked about this film on the show. I uh, think you must before. have. I've got a memory. Because I'm such, I'm such a confirmed lover of The Guest. And I've gone back to it so many times over the years. I love it. And, um, but I hadn't watched it maybe in a year. Right. And it was really, really nice to dig it out and just give it a rewatch okay because um, I, I, I really have a great time with that film and I like I, it too I'm a big fan yeah I remember actually the opening night that the year that that was the opening film we saw that and then Sin City 2 was next oh god right, um, okay. which we resolved to just not go to because it was going to be out on wide release the next week and obviously it's like two and a half hours long so we went to the pub while that was on but obviously we had quite a long time in the pub came back <laughs> with, with like a reasonable buzz on just in time for Zombievers oh, right. which uh, worked out beautifully right fine but yeah no um so yeah revisited the guest this week thought it was great as i always do yeah and, it. and it is it is it's yeah it's a blast yeah. if you haven't if you haven't seen it where have you been just get a watch it's kind of like a born identity halloween and the terminator all up together and i love it yeah and if uh if dan stevens is your thing there's plenty of him and no top on mm, so, yeah uh, mm-hmm. getting about that mm-hmm. down, um, down to absy as uh, adam winger described him oh right <laughs> <laughs> if you like yeah if you if you want to lick your screen there you go uh, there's your avenue there um, exactly exactly so just quickly have you ever seen the the footage of uh, dan stevens and in his beast costume, like before the digital effects have been put in. No, <laughs> it looks very silly. You want to find that? Amazing, amazing. Uh, so that almost concludes my viewing for this week. Ah! He sure does. I got one in this week. Right, okay. Um, Anything good? Or? Yeah. Um, uh, I Why think are you that... being so fucking cagey? <laughs> um, you know how everyone, you know, anyone who listens to this show on a regular basis will not be surprised by the fact that I have not seen loads of stuff. Right. I'm watching loads of stuff for the first time. But you know how even though there's this kind of general background acceptance of the fact that I'm a little bit of a caveman with the stuff, you get the impression that there are certain lines that when you cross them, you might lose people. I had one of those this week because I have a major confession to make about first watch. Right. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> yep. You just watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the first time? Yesterday. Yesterday? Yes, yesterday. First time ever? First time ever. Wow. I'm, again, jealous, actually. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm kind of blown away, but at the same time, it's you. I get it. I yeah yeah I'm kind of hoping that the listeners will be as forgiving. I thought it was amazing. I loved it. I think that well like, it is. I mean it's yeah. I, I, and I'm also I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it because I think somebody talking about how great the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is in 2019 is kind exa- of redundant. That's not exactly a fucking hot take, <laughs> is it? So um, yeah, I mean I think I thought I thought it was great. I thought that even when it felt like it was relenting, it wasn't. It's unrelenting. In yeah. um and I, I just think it's uh, yeah it was fucking marvelous. That but last I'm, twenty minutes of that film for me is still one of the most horrifying traumatic 
scenes I've ever seen in a film. Absolutely astonishing. Like I loved it. I loved it so much. But also, I can. And I, I would like to talk more about how much I enjoyed it. But also, I'm not going to insult everyone's intelligence by talking about how much I enjoyed the Texas Chainsaw Massacre when I watched it for the first time, age 32, in the summer of 2019. That's it. You're now a real horror fan. <laughs> <laughs> it's finally happened. That's it. It's finally happened. After seven years of going to festivals and a year and a bit of hosting a podcast, I'm finally an official horror fan. <laughs> you get your big boy pants. Hooray! <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Jesus. but that's that. That's yeah. that. Uh, feedback time and a bit of a mixed bag on the feedback this week. Oh. Um, in terms of we got a lot of stuff, obviously, about the collector, which I think we should address first. Yeah, let me slide over to my panel here. My boop, boop, let boop, boop. <laughs> my sliding minority report feedback wall. Um, I've turned it to Michael Winslow this week. <laughs> Um, I have actually um, I've, I've um, apportioned this out very poorly and I've sent most of the collector stuff to you so um, if you want to do that first go for it yeah well I'm looking through the collector stuff and I do, I do have a little bit uh, Dennis Extra Atherton here at Dens Beans getting in touch on Twitter to say thank you for making Fridays fun no oh. best example of breaking into a home and what's inside is worse for me is the people under the stairs okay yeah good film great film in fact I love it I have not seen The Collector. Oh, okay, okay. A film that Dennis hasn't seen. Interesting, interesting. Um, but he did get excited for Mitch when they started talking about cogs, gears, mechanisms and gears. <laughs> we haven't mentioned that in a while. It's been a long time, actually. I wondered yeah. why you pole vaulted through the door. <laughs> it's kind of a deep cut joke. I quite like the fact that somebody's just dusted that off at this point. Thanks, Dennis. That's not me anymore, man. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on. <laughs> A few series. Uh, we have uh, Prettiest Dunce uh, on Twitter. Panda getting in touch to say, he's got one useless hand and then another perfectly placed pendulum blade lops all the fingers off one of his other hands. Oh, that's a direct quote from me. Yeah, how many fucking hands did this guy have? <laughs> okay, fine. Fine. I've said guy there when the, the tweet actually says fella. Apologies. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I, I'm actually, I actually don't have much more collector stuff. Do you not have anything? Um, I had a couple of things uh, that I wanted to kind of lump together in one. Because a couple of people, when we announced it, um, Andre Martins, Callahan yeah, um, sure, on Twitter. Yeah, haven't heard from him in a while, so uh, nice to hear from you, Andre. Hope all's well. He said, um, okay, another pick that makes me think why defend it. I remember it being pretty good and pretty nasty. Similarly, David Malcolm at Random Elements uh, on Twitter. <laughs> if this film needs to be defended, then nobody knows what horror is anymore at least of all me i'm just going to address this directly the reason that um we felt like it was an okay one to defend was because of its generally poor critical reception and modest box office performance which is two of the main reasons why we do this i would two say the main so, criteria also as we've just learned because dennis hasn't seen it pretty underseen a little bit underseen so yeah there's a there are, it's a three-pronged reason why and um, i will say it again by the way i will say that it is a uh, it's pretty hard work. It's, it's fucking not, horrible. It's not for everyone. It is. It's, um, it's yeah. It's a nasty film. It's one. Like, it's definitely one of the nastier ones that we've done. But uh, similarly, I would say if the thought of it has put you off based on what you've heard about the film previously, listening to the episode, we will say go and watch it because it's definitely worth a look. Yeah, as is uh, the collection. The yeah, sequel. yeah, both really fun. Yeah, well, absolutely. no, I was going to say no, not both really fun. The first one's horrible. The second one's more fun. It's more fun. Mm-hmm. It's more fun. It's still disgusting. There's still some prevailing nastiness, for sure. <laughs> That's just about it on The Collector. Do you have something on Death Spa? I've got a couple of things on Death Spa. Okay, you first then. Uh, okay, our old pal John McPhail, director oh. of Anna and the Apocalypse, has reached out to us. 
Uh, with several thoughts about Death Spa. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to read them in full. Okay. Um, and if anyone wants to reach out and answer, then please do so. Do you think Tommy Wiseau got the name and idea for throwing a football around from the scene with Ken Forey, Mark, and William Bunnellart in Michael's office? A wet dishcloth has more emotion than Michael in this. It's a fucking laugh a minute. Thank you very much, guys. John, you're very welcome. Absolutely, always. Uh, so the other questions he has are... If his manager and lawyer were behind the tiles flying off the wall, the chlorine vapour that burned his girlfriend, who he clearly cheats on regularly, being that he's such a lad, <laughs> um, and the diving board, which they both admit to, what the fuck was the ghost doing? That's an excellent point. Uh-huh. That's an excellent point. I mean... I kind of feel like the ghost was a spectator in most of this. Very much like on the sidelines. The ghost did seem to be committing murder. <laughs> yeah, but apart from that. I would say... Uh, and apart from writing messages to him, the ghost doesn't do anything until the paranormal investigator, who's clearly not following his Doctor Who device, but things falling over, gets grated. Where was the ghost for the last year? And why now? I need answers. There are no answers to be found, John, sadly. Uh, this film is an enigma. It's an enigma wrapped in a mystery, wrapped in a myth. There certainly um, are uh, no easy answers. I think that it poses more questions than it answers. <laughs> and I think that's for the best. It's like Mulholland Drive. <laughs> but better. Um, I want to touch on a couple of things. Um, do you have anything else in Death Spot? I don't. Oh, no, wait, no, I do. No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Fire away. Um, By the way, we're not drinking. No, no, not at all. No, no, I can understand why you might think we are. Concluding thoughts on Death Spa then from Salted Popcorn on Twitter. Sure. We, we all mock the idea of the party at the spa, but as I head to the gym now, humble brag, I just remembered how hard it is to get out of any lengthy contract. I think spa members are just making the best of their direct debits of death. Get you going to the gym, oh, muscles. Yeah, I know, eh? Uh, one of those briefly on the fact that um, we were talking about just in general, there's a little conversation uh, surfaced on Twitter about the idea of, um, or just the general practice of uh, watching inappropriate content in public places. Sure, yes, um, yes. Which I have told stories frequently about having done before. I also did it this week. Very um, recently. My, uh, no, but my viewing of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre partly took place on a train. <laughs> um and uh, yeah, it was Salted Popcorn again, actually. As Watch as Mitch seems to be out of the habit of watching inappropriate movies in public places for strong, violent PC. Wrong. <laughs> um, I want you all to know that I watched Knife and Heart in my gym today. Right, okay. Um, I don't know if you've seen Knife and Heart, but that is a bold choice. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, Andrew Marshall, um, semi-pro geek on Twitter, got in touch as well, saying, Things I've previously done while riding the bus. Watched Ichi the Killer. <laughs> Tremendous. Yep. Read Fifty Shades of Grey. Brackets. Don't judge me. I needed to experience it to properly ridicule it. Close sure, brackets. Sure. Sure. Also, listen to the My Dad Wrote a Porno podcast. Uh, you're in the same boat as me on that one. Yeah, me too. Yep, yep. And uh, and also, not giving a fuck whether or not people are aware of me doing so. <laughs> <laughs> fuck other people. And weirdly, yeah, I've also done that as well. well and fucked um, other people. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one last thing, actually, just want to say a quick hello to Scotty Hendry, who got in touch last week, saying that he was um, uh, catching up on some old episodes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's continuing that uh, this week. He got in touch, just saying, "Let's see how long it takes me to catch up with everyone else." And he posted a picture of the title card from Queen of the Damned, which he was watching <laughs> at that point. <laughs> which actually, Scotty, one of my favourite episodes, actually. Great episode, not so great film. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, uh, the episode of Joey Keo, I uh, yeah, really love that one. So I um, hope you enjoyed the film, and in particular, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Yes, indeed. Now, Mitch, you'll be happy to hear about this one. Okay. Uh, John Paul Fitch reached out to us at Johnny Boy on 
Twitter mm-hmm. to say he was watching Final Destination 5 after Mitch announced it was on Netflix. Oh, cool. Pretty much every one of these deaths could have been avoided by having a good health and safety officer on hand, but then, see, then you're, you're, you're playing with death's plans and then... Yeah, that will come back around. Yeah, death tends to shy away from overregulation. <laughs> oh, no petting. Oh, no dive bombing. Oh. I think that um, I think that a lot of the deaths in Final Destination Five were basically unavoidable. I don't think that a vigilant health and safety man could have necessarily legislated against some of them, like the guy falling off the bench and pins and then fire. And <laughs> yeah, and the um, uh, the laser eye surgery one was uh, oh, sure. pretty yeah. serendipitous. <laughs> But John, thanks thanks for getting in touch. Really hope you enjoyed the film. I am an absolute vocal supporter of Final Destination oh, we 5. We get it. You love Final Destination 5, man. We get it. Well, that's great. That's pretty good. Yeah. I, I've got no more feedback. Uh, nor do I. So, once again, it is time for Mitch's Pitches. Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. While we're recording, Andy will send a picture to my phone. It'll be a poster from a horror film from years gone by. He yeah. will have photoshopped out... The title, the tagline, any identifying text. He'll leave only the image. My job will be to describe the image to the best of my ability and, where possible, give the film both a title and a synopsis. Yeah, all of that. And I hope it is still entertaining. <laughs> so last week we had Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Yeah, amazing film. Uh, and kudos to a lot of people weighing in who knew what the film was mm-hmm. and singing mm-hmm. its praises because it is fucking good. Uh, yeah, I reappropriated it as agroculture to uh, Bros Before Crows. Sure. Um, also, uh, before we get into the pitches this week, I want to give a quick shout out to Andy McEwen, who basically pitched the plot of Dark Knight at Scarecrow. <laughs> hey, wait, do you think Andy McEwen is patchy ground fog on IMDb? Our synopsisizer from last week. <laughs> who can say? Synopsisizers, I like that. <laughs> I think it's just got a nicer ring to it. What's the name of our next podcast? Our, our, the next one on the Strong Violent Network? The Synopsisizers. The Synopsisizers. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Um, but yeah, uh, a few people getting in touch this week and sure. generally doing better than Agriculture to Bros Before Crows. Give me it, hit me. Kevin Matthews. Sure. A hooded mutant farmer takes his big fork and goes on a killing spree. His victims picked according to those who are given negative horoscopes in the <laughs> classic slasher Sign of the Times. <laughs> Lovely. Tony Constantino. All right. During a freak dust storm, the rural community of Snaggler's Flap accidentally has... <laughs> Accidentally has all its radio frequencies replaced with a transmission from popular horror podcasts Salty Vernacular and Savage Sequences. <laughs> As the time people become increasingly irked at podcast co-host Fitch Payne's inability to complete the supposedly simple task of watching a hundred classic horror films, they finally snap and take matters and pitchforks into their own hands. Now the only man that can save Fitch is local pumpkin farmer and horror enthusiast Barney Kumquat. <laughs> can BK make him binge the last 76 films on the list before he's purged? Find out in 1983's Net Fitch and Chill, the lugubrious grueling of pain and kumquat. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, John, John, John Paul Fitch weighing in with a deep cut. One year after the events of Watchmen, right. a rural asylum-bound amnesiac redhead comes to learn he is Walter Kovacs a.k.a. the former Watchmen member, Rorsach, who was supposedly killed by Dr. Manhattan, but yet he survived. Right. Remembering his real identity triggers a violent forking rampage that takes him via all the remaining Watchmen members all the way to NASA HQ and aboard the last remaining space shuttle, <laughs> Destination Mars, to face off against his one-time supposed superpowered killer in search of answers.
Brothers. From Penfold Holy Pants and director Ted Mall, <laughs> classic duo from last week, yep. comes 2001's Watchmen 2, Rorschach's Revenge. Yep, and I can see why he went down Rorschach route. The mask is kind of similar. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty into it. Um, James Plum, Mad Science Films, uh, going for brevity as always, 1987 Scarecrow 3D, Go Fork Yourself. <laughs> Laura, buying an LV on Twitter, UK quickie producer Jerry Shipman gets in on the folk horror boom with Dead Summer, shot in Dorset, where life is cheap. <laughs> Dennis Extra Rather, and I really like this. Okay. The Long Dark Night of the Three-Eyed Scarecrow with the Five-Pronged Fork. <laughs> say what you see, Dennis. Like say that. what you see. I'm just really... I'm, like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm, just, I'm just really happy with it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, Gorehound. Yeah. Zombies Lee on Twitter. Also going meta with this one, following in Tony's footsteps. Okay. Uh, successful entrepreneur, Mitchell Chud, <laughs> the owner of Scotland's largest pitchfork manufacturer, transmutes into a scarecrow after being electrocuted by the latest insect-killing machine, the Shockwave 100. <laughs> in 1987's Mitch's Pitches, Fork in Hell. I can't help feeling that a lot of these pitches are directed at you to hurry the fuck just- up with a shockwave. It's, it's just starting to feel very much like a personal attack. Is this cunt still watching these films? And, and finally, Chris Saul, oblong bitches on Twitter. Slow-witted farmhand Dustin Feathers is a man with a dream. He wants to be the biggest, baddest serial killer in all of Clubbick County. He's put in the work. He's made himself a creepy killer scarecrow mask and picked out his scariest pitchfork. There's just one problem. Anytime he comes close to skewering a would-be victim, the sheriff and his deputies show up and chase him away. Right. Yes, it's limp 1986 runaround posse magnet. <laughs> That's fucking brilliant. That's so good. Okay, that concludes Mitch's pitches for this week. The uh, Once again, uh, the responsibility lies with you to pick both a best title and a best... A best pitch, should I say, and a best character. Best pitch to Dennis... Best pitch to Dennis, absolutely fair play. So that goes to, once again, the long dark night of the three-eyed scarecrow with the five-pronged fork. As for a name, I'm actually going to change that a little bit. I'm not going to go for a name this week, but I'm going to go for a place. Uh, Snaggler's Flap. Snaggler's Flap. Okay, fair play. So Dennis and Tony are our nothing winners I would like to think that Snaggler's Flap, however, was in Clubbuck County. Yeah, I hope so. I think those two films are set in the same universe. (laughs) So, so, I guess it's my turn. Yep, you ready? Why the hell not? Yep, okay, here it comes, bloop blopping its way across to you through the airwaves. Okay. Oh, here we are, okay. It's flying at you like Seth Brundle from pod to pod. <laughs> okay, okay, we, okay. We, we got it, we got it. Okay, so um, we have a mirror here. Pretty simple, the, pretty the, simple image. The uh, background is black, by the sure, way. Sure, sure, um, thanks. So we have a mirror here. Uh, being looked upon by what I would say is a woman, blonde-haired woman with green eyes, judging by the top half of her face, which is all that we see. She's in a state of some distress. Could be Ozzy Osbourne in the 80s. It might also be Ozzy Osbourne circa Perry Mason video, a little bit difficult to tell. Um, That mirror is also being uh, shattered by the downward blow of a double-headed axe. Right, okay. Um, And I think that, honestly, that's just about all. Couldn't someone be swinging the mirror upwards into a stationary axe? (laughs) suppose that's also possible. (laughs) Sorry, that was very silly. Continue. (laughs) Um, You say continue. I think that's pretty much all, to be honest. Um, So, uh, yeah, okay. I will need a moment. Well, 
we've had a few bits of kind of positive feedback off our uh, request for suggestions relating to merchandise. Yes. A lot of people uh. wanting to go with defectoid t-shirts, wanting to go with uh, in a state of some distress merchandise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, as expected. Yeah, yeah pretty, are... pretty strong selections. But sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. good stuff. Uh, one person wanted to go with Cunt Magic, I believe it was uh, Wicked Kim. Sister 69. Was <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Cunt Magic badge winging its way to Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someday. Yeah, uh, okay, uh, enough, enough for this nonsense. Have you Have you got a, do you have a pitch there? Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, do I do. Okay. Slam it upon me. Okay. Following a psychotic episode that resulted in the deaths of four people in a local supermarket, Helena Haverstock is hastily institutionalised in the Peasants Hollow Hospital for the Criminally Insane. <laughs> also Clubbit County. Also Clubbit County. As she undergoes intense treatment following the bloodshed, the hospital's convivial environment slowly turns sour as Helena is haunted by visions of bloody reenactments of the fateful day that manifest in the hospital's mirrored walls. Right. With the staff disbelieving of her claims, she becomes the unwitting test subject for an untested new drug designed to soften what are considered to be her aggressive murderous impulses. What follows is an intense journey into Helena's psyche, but is she alone in there? The blood, guts, and psychedelia come thick and fast in 1978's underrated giallo classic, The Diamond Tears of the Produce Section Strangler. <laughs> that sounded amazing up until the title. <laughs> 78, not far off though. Okay, okay. 1981. Oh, okay, okay. And the film was Graduation Day. Graduation Day, okay, tell me more. I would, that's completely unguessable, I would say, based on the uh, poster, with the possible exception of the fact that it might be uh, one of the one of the graduation hats in the background. I don't think I referenced, but there's oh, a... Oh, hang on. Yeah. Well, you, you know what? You're right. Yeah. You're right, yeah. Uh, I, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, sense. I mean, I would never have clocked it until you said Graduation Day, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to say not guessable. I don't feel bad about not getting that right. So, synopsis, what we got? So the IMDb synopsis this week, Mitch, comes from Matt-282. Okay. After a high school track runner named Laura suddenly dies from a heart attack after finishing a 30-second 200-meter race, a killer wearing a sweatsuit and a fencing mask begins killing off her friends on the school track team one by one. <laughs> what are you fucking laughing at? It's very silly, continue. The suspects include the track coach, Michaels, Laura's sister, Anne, who arrives in town for the funeral, the creepy school principal, Mr. Guglione. <laughs> <laughs> and Laura's strange boyfriend, Kevin. Ah, oh, fucking Kevin. <laughs> Fantastic, great. Mr. Guglione and Kevin. Naturally. <laughs> that concludes Mitch's Pitches for another week. Hooray! Uh, that image is everywhere. Get in on it, please. Yeah, Join yeah. in. I'm sure you can do better than the Diamond Tears or the Produce Section Strangler. I'm <laughs> anyone could have done very, very confident. You could have another Giallo generator and done something better than that. But I, I mean, that's probably now. True. Let me ask you this. Yes. What's coming to streaming platforms? <sighs> I'm glad you asked. Yeah. I'm glad you asked. There's so much stuff. Tell me. Uh, Amazon Prime's still lagging. I'm gonna say. Pricks. From what I can see, but. Everywhere else has pretty much got your back. Starting with Shudder, then. And this is coming to Shudder US, Canada, and UK. Okay. Uh, July 18th, which is this Thursday, we've got Dead Detectives. Right, sure, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. A team of hapless reality TV ghost hunters experience true paranormal activity for the first time while filming a make-or-break episode in the most haunted mansion in Mexico. Facing cancellation on the one hand and supernatural entities on the other, the group must figure out a way to bust the ghosts, deliver the episode of a lifetime, and escape with their lives intact. That sounds like a lot of fun. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I think yeah. that sounds like a laugh. Yeah. Um, Sky Cinema, gotta hand it to them. 
killing it this week. Okay. Um, so Thursday 18th, you've got um, the feature, the most recent feature film from a previous guest on the show. Right, okay. Uh, Justin McConnell's Life Changer. Oh, that's great. It's yeah, fucking it's fantastic. Really yeah, it comes yeah. to Sky Cinema this week. A shape-shifting serial killer, Drew, takes the human form of his victims until their bodies decay and he's forced to find a new host. Get that watched. It's really good. Yeah, it's it's so great. It's yeah. so, so good. Um, and July 19th, another film that we've talked about on the uh, podcast before, Nazi Zombies Epic Overlord. Oh, right. I was like, what the fuck is he, yep. he going to talk about here? Yeah, Overlord. I, I quite liked Overlord. And, and I know you've caught... The second half, and I enjoyed yeah, it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that lands this Friday, the 19th. Um, Netflix. Netflix has got you. So much interesting stuff. A curious mixture of uh, trash and stuff that's genuinely intriguing. I okay. have included a spread of both. <laughs> um, today, Monday 15th, look away. After enduring rejection at her high school, a girl trades places with her reflection who exacts her revenge. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, Tuesday 16th, really interested in this. Right. Uh, Frankenstein's monster's monster, Frankenstein. When actor David Harbour uncovers footage of his father's disastrous television adaptation of a literary classic, he announced family secrets all over this. Definitely watching that this week. Sounds fucking great. Right, yeah. Thursday 18th, secret obsession. (laughs) When a woman wakes with amnesia following an accident, her doting husband cares for her, but soon realizes the danger is far from over. Right, sure. Wow, okay. Uh, July 19th as well then, uh, to wrap up this week, uh, Netflix has Typewriter Season 1. Okay. uh, Indian production. Three friends in Goa plan to search a villa for ghosts, but when a new family moves in, the home's buried past resurfaces in chilling ways. Oh, right. So that's available from Friday. I would say it's very difficult to not say Life Changers, the pick of the bunch this yeah. week. Um, half a lot of time for that film. Yeah, I'm definitely get that checked that. out. But um, yeah, I mean, whether you want something trashy, you can have a couple of beers and watch, or something you really want to get into on a kind of cerebral level, the streaming tra- the streaming platforms have got you covered this week. Yeah. Loads and loads of great stuff. Thank you for that, Mitch. Very welcome. This week. This week, well, we have another guest. Yeah, and, and another Fright Fest adjacent guest. That's very true, yeah. We're battering on down that road to Fright Fest. So, he's a filmmaker. <laughs> As um, so many of them are, man. With Celtic Badger Media. Right. You may know his work from such films as, uh, well, the short film Retribution. Yep, I know him on a personal level. As do <laughs> I. Um, also, the feature The Three Don'ts, and now the Fright Fest world premiering The Perished. Yes. It's Mr. Paddy Murphy joining us this week. This is going to be fun. That was a very complex way to talk about the world premiere of The Perished. It was very long-winded, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it was. It was very clunky. Yeah, but Paddy, yes, Paddy joins us finally. He has been wanting to do this for a while, and so have we, but this is it finally happening now. Yeah, seems like the time is right. Yes, and the film is an interesting one. Okay. Sequel territory again, Mitch. Okay, so is it, just just taking a punt, is it a uh, maligned slasher sequel by any chance? <laughs> of course it is. Fantastic. Which yeah. one this time? <laughs> so we're going back to 1993 this 1993, time. 1993, okay. It's Adam Marcus's Jason Goes to Hell the Final Friday. Oh, okay, cool. I've been trying to get Adam Marcus on the show, but he won't reply to my emails. <laughs> <laughs> This will be fun, then. <laughs> Next best thing, we're talking about one of his films. Paddy Murphy <laughs> joins us this week to talk Jason Goes to Hell. It's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait. And if you want to get in touch with us, talk about that, anything you've heard on the show this week, or anything else you can do. Loads of ways to do that. Facebook and Instagram. We are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can also tweet us at Strong Violent PC and email scenes at gmail.com. Yeah, you can let us know if you prefer a more subdued minisode to this absolute cacophony of chaos that has been the last kind of half an hour. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, tons of places you can listen. We're just about everywhere. That's so, true. Uh, whatever you prefer. Go mm-hmm. get it. Yeah. 
that's, the, mo- that, yeah. that's the most phoned in list of podcast yeah. sites that you've ever done. And apologies in advance if uh, we are late to Spotify again. <laughs> it does that is happen. not our fault. But yeah, we're back Monday, episode 62, talking Jason Goes to Hell with Paddy Murphy. Join us then if you can. In the meantime, don't forget, it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Goodbye. Bye, guys. Love you. Mwah. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean.